Clint with another episode of Space and 60. Indeed we are. So it's getting toward that time of year. It's starting to get cold outside, not here in Florida, but I <laughs> think you're crazy. all snowed in up in Canada. Yes, we are. We are like moon temperatures, I like to think of it. It's like negative 200 degrees Celsius. Exactly. Pretty much. <laughs> minus 20, minus 200. It's all the same at that point. Yeah. It's an interesting time. You guys are getting heavy, heavy snow. We just had another hurricane in Florida. Mm -hmm. This was a little baby hurricane, but it turned out to be quite damaging. It's probably more than I've seen even with some of the big ones that have come through here in Orlando. That caught you guys by surprise? Kind of. We were watching it a little bit, not really paying a ton of attention to it, but it turned out to be a lot stronger than we thought. At least the SLS wasn't damaged. I don't think we would have taken another delay. I was reading today that SLS only sustained minor damage in Hurricane Nicole, and it was like the caulking had come loose or something between joints. So hopefully that's not a a horrible thing, but they left it out in the middle of a hurricane. I think it's okay. That sounds kind of scary, actually. By the time people listen to this, it will either have launched or not launched again. But I I fully intend to drive out coming up in two days at one in the morning, but I'll be there. Hopefully, hopefully. It's going to be a museum piece soon. (laughs) (laughs) Wow. Wow. Yeah. No one from the big house is listening, but you're right. The technology is starting to get pretty dated. (laughs) You never know. We were were at the uh, airplane museum this weekend, so. Oh, really? How'd that go? It was awesome. Just got to love it. Love old old airplanes and stuff. Kids were totally fascinated by propellers and just all the switches and and buttons. It's like no touch screens. And they're only like, (laughs) the twins are not even two yet. Mine is what, almost four. They're already like, what are these buttons and switches and things? Right. I like to switch buttons and press buttons and flip switches and play with everything too. So I wish I could have been there with you. It was good. So who's on the show today? Today, I am really looking forward to this one. We've got Deborah Sass and Thomas Reamer from Space Hero. Aren't you excited that they're coming on the show? I am. I thought that was a, that, that was um, a transition. <laughs> oh, I'm the world's worst at transitions. Welcome, Deborah Sass and Thomas Reamer from Space Hero. Welcome to the show, Deborah and Thomas. It's great to have you. Hey, guys. Thanks. And we also have our talented co-host, Andrew Polipchuk. Sidekick from the north. Hello, everybody. <laughs> He's from the, the cold north up in Canada. But yeah, it's really great to have you guys. Where are you calling in from today? Well, I'm actually on a farm in Ibiza. And for oh. your listeners, that's in Spain, by the way. <laughs> nice. <laughs> Thank you. Island in the middle of nowhere, and I live in the middle of the island. Yeah, I'm calling in from outside of Berlin, Germany. I'm on a farm too, in complete green spaces. Now it's dark outside because the days are short, mm-hmm. but still, I'm very happy to be. So, what's the connection with the farms? Is that purely coincidence, or is this how you completely disconnect for a while? 
We actually chose after 25 years, well, for me, it was corporate America. I've moved back to Europe kind of the end of 2015, 16. I was like, I'm never living in a city ever again. It's kind of the same. You get you get to a point in life where you're like, I mean, I want to sleep at night and that comes with quietness, right? And so whenever we travel now and we're in a hotel in a big city, it's like, oh my God, I have to put some earplugs in. But that's <laughs> age and uh, that's wisdom for you and the farms provide all these things. I think in the case of Thomas, I saw he had a model rocket. He just wants some space to do rocket launches. <laughs> And we have a lot of space here. Yeah. And I would love to actually, you know what, that's a brilliant idea, you know, to do rocket launches from this part of the world because there haven't been any. And uh, rocket launches should be everywhere. And it's a, a nice segue for Clint at any moment, but both Thomas and I don't come from the space industry. Mm. And in the last five years, we've gone from literally zero knowledge and network to... To hero. You totally set me up for that one. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> well, I've, I've never been to Ibiza, but I've been to lots of the farms outside of Berlin. Like, how did you choose Spain to set up shop? I mean, I'm English after a 10-year stint in the entertainment business in LA and a few years on and off in Australia where I went to school. Then I moved to Bali like you do when you see that silly movie, Eat, Pray, Love, right. which I literally saw the movie and next year I went to live in Bali that only lasted 18 months. I didn't want to live back in a city and I really wanted to have, I mean, I grow my own vegetables, I have two little dogs. Like Thomas, I'm surrounded by greenery and farms. So for me, it was a very conscious decision. It's not about running a company. It was more about where's the best place for me to do something really intense and complicated and technical. Ah, farm in Ibiza. How you right. doing? <laughs> Amazing. And Thomas on a farm outside of Berlin. Like, explain that one. I don't know. It's probably a little bit of a heritage thing because I was born and raised in Berlin, East Berlin for that matter. So when the wall came down, the wall that separated the city for almost 30 years, I was 18. And uh, that was uh, in 1989. And uh, my parents, they always had a little hut right outside of Berlin because Berlin is a big city. People have country homes. But that country home, yeah, but that country home is a very small one, right? Because it was communism after all. So property and possessions didn't matter for a while at least. So that's where I knew this place from, right? And then when I came back from my own journey into the world, having lived in the UK, in China, in the United States, and, you know, coming back to Europe, wanting to settle down, I thought, okay, Berlin is a city for young people. My kids live there now who are in their mid-20s, and that's exactly how it should be. And we oldies, we move outside and leave them to it. <laughs> right. Yeah, and we just celebrated, at the time of this recording, only a few days ago, the 33rd anniversary of the fall of the wall. That's right. I mean, it's always things that gives me goosebumps, you know, because, I don't know, such an emotional moment. And uh, you can compare today to what the people in Iran are going through, although, you know, Iran is a lot more 
physically brutal what's happening, but the situation was the same. We were under oppression. There was a strong secret service. People were distrusting each other. And you didn't know where your hope is going to be, where your life is going to be. And then when the revolution started in East Germany, for us younger generations, it was the savior of our lives, right? So the reason why I can't be here today is that moment. Wow. That's got to be amazing. Like, you know, you had in those days, in both Germanys, you had really great science and engineering programs. And to see all of the the amazing capacity and capabilities that came out of East Germany as well as, as West Germany is really amazing. And to see that unification happen so quickly and efficiently as Germans do, it was really, really great. How come, Clint, you know so much about it? Yeah, uh, <laughs> yeah. German, German fight, like, yeah well, Andrew and I have been in the space industry both working together for about 15 years now. And Andrew longer in the space industry, but us together. And we worked for a long time in the Berlin area mm-hmm. over at Neuss Kanzler Eck and in Brandenburg under Havel. Okay. Really great experiences there, but we... We worked with a company that had over 26 different nationalities all in the same building, but that was really this great cultural hub for us and a very formative part of our career. So we have an affinity for that special time in our life over there. It's funny because then you know the exactly the country, the countryside that is surrounding Berlin and how beautiful mm-hmm. it is. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Sure. So how did the two of you get together to start the company that we're talking about today that binds you together, Space Hero? Is it no, 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 no. What binds us together is a 23 year old friendship. Okay, oh, okay, we need to start with that because uh, <laughs> Space Hero has been in our lives for quite some time now five, four years. But the friendship is a lot longer, and we come from the same industry, right? The media industry. And uh, it got us through, you know, conventions, conferences around the world. You know the drill, right? There's one, there's another one. Every two months, you bump into each other in different parts of this world. And I got to know Debs as a fearless woman, right? Because the topic of today is women in space. And I got to know her as a fearless woman. Fearlessness was the first thing I saw because 20 years ago, you can imagine that it was nothing like today. It was still a lot more, you know, patriarchic. It was still a lot more awkwardly dirty also, you know, men and all this stuff, you know, the stuff exactly that. And then Debs was there. And uh, wherever she was, there was a light. She always, you know, the way she is, she doesn't take anything just like that. She, you know, is strong. She pushes back. And I saw that and uh, it really impressed me. And then, um, of course, when I got to know her, I saw her background and I saw the, you know, her heart's in the right place. And we have similar experiences coming from nothing into something only because of our own, own hustle. You know, that connects us. And uh, Space Hero is probably an embodiment of, you know, the, all the things that we have experienced together. And it's the epitome. But, uh, yeah, the friendship is the strongest thing. Wow, that's great. You know, I think all really good partnerships starts with friendship. Um, I don't know. Are we friends, Andrew? Or how does We're that work? colleagues. Colleagues? Okay. There wow. we go. <laughs> Aaron out all of the dirty laundry in public. <laughs> And that's how we started off, right? Yeah, exactly. Oh, colleagues. No, we're friends now. Oh, good. That was a close <laughs> I was going to say, that's a bit <laughs> Yeah, a little bit awkward for public airing. So, Deborah, where did this idea come from that you and Thomas are working on with Space Hero? 
Thomas is being polite. I was just a ball breaker because I didn't know any other way. <laughs> it's not because right. I'm a woman or it's because I come from a council estate and I don't have any formal education whatsoever. It's just that to get, you know, when you come from a big family and you come from a poor family, you better fight for everything. You have right. to be the loudest one in the room or you're not getting seconds. You're not even getting firsts. So. Right. That was my history. But Thomas actually rang me. Thomas, it's, all, it's over five years now. Or is it coming up? Yeah. Maybe six years. Yeah. But he rang me about, let's say, five years ago, Christmas time. I was in Notting Hill. It was bloody freezing because it was mm. Christmas time in London. My sister had just had a baby. So, yeah, it's six years because he's six years old now. Okay, so six years ago. And he says one sentence. Hi, how are you? Then he says, I want you to help me launch Space Hero. And I said, sure, what is it? <laughs> and he said, it's a global casting show giving away the biggest prize on television, a $55 million ticket for a 10-day stay on the ISS. And I went, fuck me, sign me up. That's amazing. <laughs> 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 I just got one question and he said, what, Deborah?" And I said, what's the ISS? Because <laughs> I had no idea. Now, you two come from the space industry. I've already said, Thomas and I don't come from the space industry. But over that six-year period and the first year or so, we really did due diligence on the industry. So Richard Branson tried to do a show like this. CBS has tried to do a show like this. Your friend Mark Burnett, the founder of Survivor, tried to do a show like this. And these guys are much more, let's say, successful in television, much richer, much more well-known than the two of us. We're not producers of TV shows and we don't come from the space business. We're not billionaires and we're not in the military or academic. So we were like, we better figure out exactly why they failed and make sure we don't fail as well. So when we first came out and talked about the show, Thomas and I were like, okay, so who do you know in the space industry? And I'm like, nobody. I'm like, who do you know? And he's like, nobody. And I'm like, we better solve this quick time. So we went on to Google four and a half years ago and we said space industry trade show Europe because we both live in Europe. And what came up was New Space Luxembourg, 2018, wow. right? Um, you may have even been there. And then I went to the website and I saw 60 smiling photos of mainly one type of white guy because that's what is <laughs> in the space industry, right? Right. And I recognised two business names. These were all the speakers, the 60 speakers. I recognise NASA, biggest brand in the world, in or out of space industry, and Deloitte. Of course, anybody mm -hmm. in business knows who Deloitte is. And I was like, Thomas, we need to meet these people. We need to meet the speakers. So we became detectives for a week. We found as many email addresses. And then we sent, I think it was 35 email addresses right. we found. And we sent one brief, like, paragraph hi my name's deborah mm -hmm. i'm to your event mm -hmm. i've got a new product and i'd love to introduce you to my business partner space media let me buy you a coffee that was it the, basically that was it yeah. 
28 people replied wow. to us in two days. And I was like, fuck me, this is amazing. <laughs> the space industry is quite professional, right? They got back to us. The first person to get back to us was the guy from NASA. Wow. One day, off the record, I will tell you his name because he's one of the, well, Everybody at NASA has been there for 30 years, so he's not even that unique anymore. They've all been there a lifetime. <laughs> we met all these people, all 28 of them, at that event. You can imagine Thomas is six foot five and long hair and porn star glasses. I'm five foot five, <laughs> loud and brown, with a shaved head, right? I have a completely shaved head. So when I'm wearing my hair up, it's not like we look like we come from the space business, right? <laughs> So we walk into this room and it's full of all these incredibly smart, basically the leaders of the industry. And they're all suited and booted. And there's the two of us walking in looking like kind of semi-rock stars, but, you know, just in a fashion way. And like they all looked at us and were like, who are those two? Nobody knows them. Right. We met 28 people. And to this day, four years later, Every one of those people is still involved. Some of them became investors. Some of them became staff. They all became big supporters and, and even some advisors on our board. It's been quite the journey. Wow, that is incredible. And you know, your story though is, I think, really indicative on where the space industry has started to trend in the last seven, five, three years. Is it's becoming a lot more welcoming. And there are a lot more people that are six, five with long hair or head shaved and hair up. Like it's really starting to change and become more inclusive. And I love that about this industry is that it's not something that has had the same lockouts as it had for the 50 years before. And I think Andrew and I both find that that's such a, a welcome change to the industry because the talent you can pull in when you're more inclusive is just absolutely incredible. Much more creative too. Yeah, much more creative. 14 languages in our company. And some of our staff we've never actually met hmm. because we basically formed the company <laughs> just before COVID and right. then the whole world couldn't travel and we brought in all this staff and all these people. And as I say, some of them we still haven't met to this day. They've been with us wow. for years. So Because we don't want to. No, that's a joke. <laughs> <laughs> So do you guys consider yourselves a startup? Do you consider yourselves a media company? Like, where would you place yourself? In exactly both of those descriptions. So we are a startup in the media industry. And uh, we have a special angle, which is uh, space entertainment. That's what we call it. We believe that this is a very new category, but a very strong one. I think people start to understand that space is something that you don't need to sell to anybody because everybody knows about it. Mm -hmm. And everybody had their own little connection to it, right? When you're young, you wanted to become an astronaut, mm -hmm. then you lose that trail, reality kicks in, you know, you pick it up again when you're older, maybe not because the requirements are so hard, but you still like to look at rockets and all this kind of stuff. This goes for a lot of people around the globe. And this is what we really understand and what we really like, because we come from the media industry. We understand the power of global IP. That's what we have analyzed and built a company around that IP that we have created. And now it's about putting the first mission into production and, you know, do it for the first time. Because you can imagine that the uphill battle that we have been struggling with in the last four years is convincing everybody along the way. 
We're talking to, you know, hundreds of thousands of people through media, directly, personally, and you have to convince every single one of them because it has never been done before. And you know the nature of humans is to be cautious and you know protect your own self from an idea that somebody pushes to you and wants you to commit to as well. But we've been very successful with that because the team and the supporters that we have, the founding investors, are a testament of that. People believe in this journey because it is very, very credible, very pure. And it is the same journey that anybody has to go on that wants to go to space. It's the aspiration. Right. It's so big, right? That you're like, can I even do that? Can I achieve that? You know, I mean, and you have to be such a well-rounded human being to even be considered to go to space. And Space Hero for us is that. We will never go to space, Debs and I, not under the current circumstances, because we probably wouldn't qualify, right? But when we create Space Hero, maybe there is a way for us to go and experience that ourselves. And we want this for everybody on this planet too. So do both of you get to go? Are you the business people? Are you going to try to get yourself a ride? How's that going to work? I never wanted to go because again, you know, we're not from the space industry. But then I spoke to my mother about it, right? Who's like 85 now. And she said, I would absolutely go. And I'm like, are you not afraid <laughs> that you're going to blow up? And she's like, no, absolutely not. Because you guys are grown up. So what do I care? <laughs> and uh, after that, you're like, huh, that's an interesting right. new perspective. And I think now over the period of time that we've been dealing with the space industry, I have grown to the thought to fly myself. But we want to make space for the people that, you know, really have the strongest story and have the greatest inspiration and can be the space and earth ambassador that we all hope to find through Space Hero and not us. If we fly to space, Debs and I is going to be a fun weekend trip that we pay for ourselves. And then, you know, it's going to be nice and easy, but Space Hero is really reserved for those that really, really, really can create an impact either in their own culture or country or for the world. We don't know yet. What about you, Deb? Do I want to go to space? Yes. Yeah. Yeah, I tell you a funny story in answer to that question. I live on Ibiza. One of the biggest clubs in the world is called Space, <laughs> right? And it's like a 10,000-person nightclub. And I remember the very first person I told about I work in space, they were like, oh, can you get me in? I'm dying to go. Wow. <laughs> like, not the nightclub, you moron. <laughs> Like Thomas, I, as, I, as I said twice now, I didn't grow up wanting to be an astronaut or watching Star Trek or being smart enough to be a physicist or a rocket scientist. Would I go to space? Absolutely held to the end. But I want to put a caveat on that. I know there are lots of, well, organisations that consider themselves competition to us. There is no competition to us. We're not sending people on a four-minute ride. It's not costing 200,000 bucks and we're not giving away a ticket every week. This is a three-month training, a $55 million ticket, and you better make sure as hell that you are confident and trained and you can communicate because when you come back down to earth, you will be the most famous person, period 
right? And the thing about astronauts that we've met dozens of them now in the last four or five years, and what surprised both of us the most was one, how focused they are, as in they're not celebrities. They didn't ever want to go to space to be famous or to be rich. They did it because they were either military or scientific, maybe academic, but most of them were paid by a government agency to train and go to space, right? It's a very expensive endeavor. But we believe they're like the real rock stars of the world. And yet the rest of the world barely know who astronauts are. I can say to you right now, I've asked 750 people in the last two years, name an astronaut. I'm not joking when I say the majority of them say Buzz Lightyear. And they mean because <laughs> not the person. <laughs> wow. We actually want to give this, when you've left the planet, I mean, you guys know this better than any of us, you're in the space industry, but there's been less than 600 people in 60 years. And there's, what, 380, maybe 400 that are still alive today. Yeah. Nobody really knows. It's a really small club. small club, right, a really small club. And unless you're in the space industry, one, you probably don't care. Secondly, you have no knowledge of who those people are. Maybe Buzz Aldrin, maybe there's a handful of people that got some kind of publicity or had a Barbie doll made after them or, mm. you know, been on Dancing with the Stars. But they should be pimped out but in a professional way. They should be <laughs> inspiring kids all over the world, not just in America, hello, no offence, but America's not the only space-faring nation in the world. Do you know how many space agencies there are? 40. Oh, my God, you two work in the space industry. You don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, you can come back. 68. Wow. There's actually the three, you know, Iran and North Korea and China that we don't really engage with in that regard. But this, so there's actually more than 68, 71, but the 68 space agencies. And during COVID, Clint and Andrew, Thomas and myself spoke to every head of every space agency in the world because wow. we could do it in this format. We didn't yeah. have to get on a plane and every other fucker was at home, right? So right. we could actually talk to them. Yeah. That's incredible. And so how's this going to work? How does someone get the chance to go to space with Space Hero? What's your format? How do you plan on running this thing? Very good question. So we come from the media industry. So that means we know how formatting works quite well. But does it really apply to this one? That's the big thing, right? What is successful? Nobody knows. The only thing that we really know is that we want to make this global from the start. So it's not that it's going to start in one country and then we're going to expand. This is the chance for anybody who wants to go to space who is over 18, so 18 plus, and speaks a little bit of English. And how do you do this? Well, the big denominator, common denominator that we all have in our pockets, the mobile phone. And that means we can only start this movement by giving people a tool, which is an app, where they can apply and introduce themselves to the world. And at the same time, we can introduce the world to those applicants. Because you know how it is, right? Astronauts are chosen, and then they're trained, and then they go to space. And only then, if they come back or if they are on station, you get to know them. And sometimes these astronauts 
manage to establish an emotional connection to their audience, right? Thinking about Tim Peake and Chris Hadfield and all these wonderful exactly. people. Yes, that can express themselves well, right? But most of the time that doesn't happen because it's not the remit that they are, you know, in space for. They're in space for science and technology and research. And yeah. I mean, they're doing all the good things for all of us, but, you know, they are not honored like that because they are not bred like that, right? They are scientists and people that have a very different task. So a space hero is going to create this balance of this stuff, right? Of course, we don't want to dumb people down. So the format is a casting show. You've seen casting shows yourself. There are many of them out there and ours is no different because we are already doing something spectacularly new because we are giving away this seat for free. And in order to get this going, you have to stick to something that people already know for them to believe it. Right. And the casting show format is easy. Everybody knows that, uh, you know, we can just, you know, do it and make it our own. So people will vote and will get to meet the candidates, the millions from around the globe that are going to apply to out of vanity and other reasons and reasons to getting out of the ghetto to becoming the next president of the country. All these reasons will be present and they will tell their story and we will show their story. And people will fall in love with certain candidates. And out of those, we will together find 24. 12 men, 12 women, 12 people from developed countries, 12 people from developing countries. And they will all meet in the, at this junction to become the first space hero in the space village, which is a physical place that we are building. Think of it as a very, 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 very glorified version of the Big Brother house where they come together and they will find the space hero amongst themselves. There will be challenges, you know, there will be competitions, there will be points, there will be a jury, there will be drama as in who understands the role best and who doesn't understand it, right? If you have very selfish reasons for doing that, you probably won't accept the pressure that the public is going to put on you. And that's going to lead to interesting conversations between the candidates. It's going to lead to amazing moments where there will be tears and there will be joy and people will move on and some people will have to leave and you have to find your center between fighting for yourself and also fighting for the greater good. And then at the end of this, there will be a space hero voted by the public, right? So the public gets to say, who this is, and two runner-ups who will go into the training. And then we have three people that are essentially ready to fly. And then we have the launch day where at the ramp, where they go up to the rocket at the lift, the global public again is going to be asked to vote who of the three should fly, and they'll go on the rocket. Wow. And the other two have to stand back. In real time. Real yeah, time. Real time. watched thing. So three people in the same suit is walking towards. Wow. What do you call that bit? The ramp. The ramp. So they're all yeah. walking on the ramp towards the, the door, the hatch. It's Let's hope the SLS is not what they're flying on because you'll be waiting for a long time. <laughs> definitely not be that. But I just want to say something because to give it context, we are not public yet. In other words, none of this 
has been launched to the public yet. It's why nobody's heard of Space Hero because it hasn't been officially launched. And the only way we launch is when we actually announce who we're flying with. We can tell you it's uh-uh and they're the only ones outside of the Russian government flying humans into space. And I don't mean to the common right. line. And when we can talk about that publicly, hopefully before the end of the year, if not, but we can announce certain things like the production company behind our show are the same production company behind Amazing Race and Big Brother and Survivor. I think they did Oprah's B. They've done a bunch of things. They're very, very, very well known in the Hollywood kind of format, you know, of shows. You know, we can talk about our marketing partners who is a consumer marketing company who are the biggest content creator network in the world. They have a verified monthly audience of their talent of 1.3 billion followers and subscribers to channels, et cetera, et cetera. Wow. So all That's of this that's yeah, huge. so all of it's been behind the scenes. But because somebody said to me, well, you know, how's it going? Like, is you know, you've been doing it for so long. And I was like, dude, do you really think that when you give away a $55 million ticket that you're yeah. not going to hear about it? Like, what are you, insane? Are you living under a rock? <laughs> so when it comes out, it will be big. All of the stuff we do now, we do because we want to support the space industry. We want to do lots of B2B stuff because that's the only industry we operate in from B2B in finance, B2B in media and B2B in, in the space industry. And we work with 165 space private and government companies and agencies in 72 countries. We don't talk about it because nobody cares right now. They will when you come out with every single space agency standing next to us at a particular place in Texas that we'd like to do our press conference, which we'd be happy to invite you guys to. And when they're all dressed in their national costume and we literally say, this is actually what the space industry looks like. Incredible. That's cool. And that's cool. For sure. So is it safe to say, Andrew, that they're coming out of stealth mode on our show? Is that what's happening Maybe. here? Kind of. Kind sounds, of sounds like, like you're it. coming out of stealth mode on Space in 60. We will deny everything that we've said so far. <laughs> no worries. It's being recorded. <laughs> it's being recorded and released to the public. Go ahead. You're out of stealth mode. Now, this is really <laughs> incredible, and I, I can't wait to see the success that you guys have and the support that you have. And for those of you who are listening rather than seeing, I'm looking at all these pictures behind you of all of these people and are they all people you've interacted with through this process like it's a whole wall it's called the wall of space <laughs> and it's because we literally spent so many years on this format when the whole world shut down that i thought i better have something really cool and these are all people who run the space industry there's mike mm -hmm. safradini there's bob richards the founder of the isu there's bruce melnick the astronaut there's tom ogennaro from spacex there's marty pompadour the ex-chairman of news corp right there our yeah. chairman there we're in Vostochny. there we're in the UN, there were in, I mean, we're all over the world. We're at JPL over there. It's all very exciting. It's all fun. For yes. sure. You know this best, right? You go to one event and you meet the people, then you go to the next one, you meet the same people. And exactly uh, right. they go around. <laughs> yeah, it's not the a love traveling roadshow. 
but yeah. the impact, you know, what, what we've really appreciated over the years is that the work that's been done is so profound. And, and look, the whole world is not talking about it, right? I mean, they talk about SpaceX, yeah, but because of Elon, do they really talk about the technology? Rarely, right? Do they really talk about the impact that all of this has? Rarely. They've launched a rocket every week in this year, and it's ridiculous, and a ridiculous achievement, right? It's almost effortless. Nobody talks about it anymore because, like, yeah, normal now. They land back, okay. A lot of the work that is done in that industry is treated like that, right? Uh, cell search, you know, all the biology stuff that's growing. Everything, you know, microgravity is, you know, and we were always floored. Because we don't come from an industry, we look at amazed at all these things and achievements, and we want to highlight and promote them in the show too. Because whatever's been built for space, right, will help us live better on this planet too. Like this is the connection that people don't make, is when you have an environment that has no water, no oxygen, can't dispose of waste, and there's a ton of solar radiation, and how can you survive there? And even more so, how can you use it that's going to help us on this planet to live a more sustainable life. And that's the connection we want to make so that everybody understands that, you know, it's not just a billionaire playground, right? It's just that billionaires find this interesting too, because they are people that thrive off challenge. And that's the biggest challenge that you can have. And they happen to have the money and, you know, just invest it and do it. So it's great, right? Great resource, additional resource to all the government funds that are spent around the world in, you know, getting somewhere. But getting somewhere is the most important part. And they're also wow. pioneering. I mean, look, we fight internally about the narrative of, because I get asked the question all the time from non-space people. The only people who ever go to space are like astronauts from governments or billionaires, right? But the billionaires are like they've always done, they will take the greatest risks with the least reward initially because they can afford to. I mean, that's how we have satellites. That's how we have cell phones. That's how we have rockets that are reusable because a billionaire put his own money and kept trying and breaking and trying. And now he's, you know, he is who he is. It goes back to the beginning of the show, breaking down the walls, breaking down the barriers and unifying humanity in space. No, no, Andrew, you're making a good point here. Because when you look at the globe, right, and what's happening, all of it is connected. And the, the interesting part is that people, they don't want to hear that it's connected, because it's hard to fathom. So what you want to see is you want to see the environment around you, okay, and then try to fix it, you know, if something's broken, you can fix it, you have control over it. When you look at the greater things, and how the globe is interconnected, and that we cannot escape that every challenge is a global one. When you understand that, then you understand that you have to transcend nationalities. And that's the hardest thing because we only have nationalities and had them for a teeny tiny time of humanity, right? Before that, we were all tribes, we were something, and then nations form and people have something to live on, right? And now we try to take this away again because we're moving on to the next step. It's very hard to do. But I guess young generations understand this better because when you look at you know, how they buy their fashion, how they consume their content, it's all very similar stuff. And so they understand that we are all one and you can keep your cultural background, you can keep your language, everything's no problem, right? But this nation border thing, and that's what people see from space. And that's why you're making that point. Because when you look back, right, the overview effect, you understand it. And a lot more people need to see it. And it needs to be people 
that have a connection to humanity before they go. Because then, if you have a connection to this person, you will believe and hear and want to hear what they have to say more than not. And that's the most important aspect of Space Hero almost. Absolutely. So before we wrap up, like we've blown through our time. This has been a really amazing and fast-paced and energetic conversation. But I would like to ask too, so for Space Hero, when can people start to participate, get ready for, apply for the program? How do they become a part of it? Easy. They'll know about it because let's hope that every single person on planet Earth gets to at least know about it to apply. It'll all be done on an app in the very beginning. So there'll be a huge launch that will be supported in all the partner countries. So right now it's almost half the world that we work with officially. So, you know, from the Canadian Space Agency to NASA to the Angolan Space Agency, Nigerian, blah, 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 they, the list goes on. They're all waiting for us to be able to announce this. But as I say, when you announce you're giving away the biggest prize ever on TV, you better be living under a rock to not know about it. So anybody can apply for free. It'll always be free. And then there's a series of questions, Clint, that we spent almost two years, again, during COVID, talking to various groups at, you know, from ESA to NASA to the different big space agencies, which we did literally every other week to understand those last thousand all have to be pre-approved to fly. So the questions are going to be over a three-month period, and it'll be very basic in the beginning, name, age, what country you live in. And then as you go through to the next stage, the next stage, the next stage, the questions get more specific, more specific, and more specific. But one thing I would like to say and leave behind is that anybody can apply. The only barrier to entry, which is not ours, it's your industries, is when they fly, they have to be 18 or over. At the moment, we will change that at some point. We're doing this every year. It's not a one-off show. It's over the next three decades. And the second criteria is they have to have a basic level of English. So you can apply in the beginning, but what we think and what we believe will happen is that over the years, once the show's been two or three seasons, you'll be then looking at sending a couple, a family, you'll be going to the ISS, you'll be going on a free fly, you'll be going to the moon. I mean, we're even talking to one of our providers of the launch system. Again, can't say the name officially, but we're even talking to them about Mars in the future. You know, so we're planning this and have been planning this for really making a movement, like not just the space people, because they're already converts. The space industry is a stakeholder in Space Hero and has been from the beginning. Really, how do you talk to a mass audience? You have to use mass media. And it's not going to be only people who like space. It's going to be a whole range of people for very different reasons in different parts of the world will want to apply. And we hope eventually that people, even at school kids, will start, I'm going to be a space hero in five years' right. time. I'm going to start training now and blah, blah, blah. So that would be really cool. That's what our sort of dream is. Well, 
anyone who is anyone knows that if you want to get the word out, you started on Space and 60. So <laughs> this has been so amazing. Andrew and I have had a great time. I've learned that Andrew is my friend. So that's been amazing. It's only taken yeah. me 15 years to get, to there. get there. But yeah. I feel like I have two new friends today. Deborah, Thomas, it's been really amazing having you guys on the show. A couple of space heroes yourselves. We can't wait to have you back when it's time to launch Space Hero. So thank you for being on the show today. Super excited. Thank, thank you, you for having us. That was a great show. I'm just, I can't wait for this to come out. I'm oh, super I know. excited. That I'm was excited. so funny, but it's pretty clear we're going to have to mark this one explicit. I think so. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, we'll have to have him back on the show because I didn't have a chance to ask, you know, being Canadian, we get geo blocks on TV shows like we can't oh, wow. watch everything. So I'm hoping they release this show on the Internet first, not one of the big networks, because then it's all going to get over commercialized. Yeah, I hope they can um, release it on either a, a digital network that's worldwide or, or yeah, something, or something like that. Yeah. 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 Hmm. But yeah, that was a like a high energy show, lots of fun. Oh, I'm, Deborah I'm and so Thomas excited. are great. Like Big Brother slash Survivor slash Amazing Race. That's a killer combo. Not everybody has kids, but it almost feels like watching the three kids go at each other. <laughs> yeah. And I think one of the things that I realize I'm not a creative person, but I would like to make one edit to their show rather than whittling it down until you get to launch. What if we vote them off of the space station one at a time? More interesting. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Through the airlock. <laughs> this is going to be fun. I'm not a reality TV guy, but I would be all over this one. Oh, yeah, definitely. 100%. Yep. So I can't wait till it's time for them to launch, literally launch, and hopefully they come back and announce on Space in 60. Looking forward to seeing them again. Until next one. Till the next one. Thanks for joining us for another episode of Space in 60. Stay tuned as we explore new journeys into space with our upcoming guests and talk about the evolution of the industry. Be sure to subscribe to the show so you don't miss any new episodes. And we would love your input and feedback. So send us your comments and questions, and we'll try to feature them in a future podcast. We'll catch you on the next episode of Space in 60, where new space speaks. Space in 60.